Hey friends, today I'm thinking about this question. As believers in a broken world who are still a work in progress, practically, how do we live lives that are full of victory, full of joy, instead of ones where we barely seem to exist as Christians? Uh, with very little fruit in our lives. Maybe you've heard Chris Tomlin's song, Is He Worthy? It begins by asking this question, do you feel the world is broken? And the people answer, we do. Overall, the song seems to be asking, is this broken world, um, physically and spiritually, is it worthy of our focus? Is it worthy of our hope, our joy? Or is Jesus worthy? Which is it? Uh, then the song goes on to, to give us the right answer. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. So that's what the sermon's about today. What or, or who is worthy of our thoughts, our pondering, our focus? Our worship and while we are in this broken world. A, a broken physical world it can either point us to Jesus or Satan also may try to use it. He does. Uh, he uses the trials and the troubles and the aches and the pains to, to point us to sin as the answer. Sin wants our attention, right? It wants to pull us back into bondage, fear, depression, but at the same time it promises us all its glory. It's really a, kind of a crazy thing. I mean, Satan is like this, this sneaky salesman who comes to our door every day and he talks a good talk. I mean, he wants us to purchase this dirty virus infected trash that will kill us. It's called sin. And he says it's going to bring us happiness. And at the same time, he says this sin is going to help us gain victory um, over the brokenness that is all around us. And so Satan doesn't want us to see that Jesus is the answer to, to give us victory over spiritual and physical brokenness. And so how do we fight this battle? How can we refocus our, our eyes on Jesus over and over throughout the day? How can we say no to the salesman and yes to Jesus? The great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he said he fought this battle over and over, even while he was preaching a sermon. I mean, the focus would be on Jesus, then his pride would shift, and he would turn inwardly and, and focus on self. And then he would realize that he would, he would repent and, and focus on Jesus. And this would happen over and over. The battle was ongoing even as he preached. And that's the same battle we face. In everyday life and we need the Lord's help. Today I want us to look at a little bit of the life of King David um, and how he faced a broken world both physically and spiritually. Psalms 132 1 says, 
Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured. David was not perfect, was he? But still, there was this thing about him. What was the thing about David? What was the model that he followed? What was his go-to over and over um, in all his troubles uh, that sustained him and gave him joy and brought him through to the end? Of course, it was God, right? It was God's help. But how did that relationship manifest itself in David's life? So it just seems like to me that David faced brokenness and trials of some sort almost all of his life. His rough life began when he was a young person. Many times he was under the threat of a possible death in his life. He faced wild animals on many occasions uh, as he kept watch over his sheep. He once told King Saul, your servant has struck down both lions and bears. That's in 1 Samuel 17. And yeah, that's plural, lions and bears. So there was that. He was also considered the underdog by his family as the brother least likely to be chosen as king. His brothers ridiculed him and made fun of him when he brought food to them when they were in King Saul's army. Um, David faced Goliath, right? He, he put himself at risk trusting in God. He faced many other adversaries besides Goliath. King Saul sought his life for a long time. Once while playing the harp, King Saul tried to pin David to the wall and uh, the spear stuck in the wall, but David escaped. And David hid in caves, and he lived with rough characters in the wild. He sought refuge from his own people among an enemy nation. He once feigned madness so he wouldn't be killed. Um, and then we look at his family. I mean, some of David's sons were wicked. His own son Absalom tried to remove him as king and take his place. So David faced so much brokenness throughout his life. He lost a child as a consequence of, of sin in his life. But still through all this, God loved him and blessed him. And God is quoted in Acts 13.22 saying, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. So today I want to read the introduction to some of the Psalms in the Bible, how they start out. These are some I've been reading through lately in my nighttime Bible reading. Uh, and some of these are, were written by David. Uh, many of the Psalms were. So um, as I read some of these intros, think about what or, or who was worthy of David's focus, even while he was surrounded by brokenness. How did he fight against the temptation to maybe strike out against Saul or others? What pulled him out of potential depression? What was that thing about David? that helps sustain him. We'll begin with Psalms 100, verse one. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. <laughs> yeah, I like this verse a lot. I mean, the command goes out to all the earth, right? Every person, that's every individual in Israel, India, North Korea, Japan, the United States, even you and I are told to make a joyful noise to the Lord. I think we can do that, can't we? Psalms 101, 1. I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord, 
I will make music. So this psalm is ascribed to David. And though brokenness might be all around him, he's not singing the blues, right? Um, the Lord is his hope, right? Uh, psalms 103, 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Another psalm of David. And what do we see in common so far with all these things? Is the focus of David is not on himself. Although in some of the Psalms, David does talk about his troubles and trials. But even in them, we see how he calls out to God, which is what we're supposed to do. God is his hope. God is where his faith is placed. So Psalms 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Psalms 105.1 O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. The focus is not on the brokenness. Right? Psalms 106.1 Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 107.1 Almost... Uh, the same as, as 106, very similar. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 108, 1. And let's read through verse 4 on this one. My heart is steadfast. O God, I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. So here, even as David worships um, with genuine worship to God, he, he says his heart is steadfast, it's resolute. He's confident in his plans to wake the next morning at dawn to worship God again. <laughs> And, and so he gets up early for quiet time with the Lord, and it ain't necessarily quiet because he's praising God. And, and it doesn't stop there. He says he'll praise God among the peoples. I don't know. Maybe that's the people in Israel. And then he says he will sing praises to God among the nations. And I think that's the Great Commission, right, that we all are called to. And then he, he mentions the, the omnipresence of God's love and his faithfulness in the whole universe. So I think that's a great passage there. And let's see, just a few more maybe. Um, let's let's go to Psalms 111.1. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Psalms 113.1. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalms 112.1 Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Um, so let me read two more, okay? Psalms 115.1 Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And then one final one here. Actually, this is 
the full chapter, and it's only two verses long. Psalms 117, 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So, you know, Satan, he wants to turn our eyes from our healer, our, our joy giver, our way maker, uh, the one who raises the dead. And he wants to sell us trash that's going to kill us. You know, I want my heart and my thoughts to be filled uh, not with brokenness, like anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and self-loathing and depression, but I want to be filled with the things of the Lord. I think it's kind of ironic that in some parts of the world, people are starving with little food and it, it brings sickness and death and you know, other places where no one goes hungry. People choose to live on junk food, which also causes sickness and death. That's weird to me. I mean, why would we do that? And I've been in that same category, the last group. Human nature is blind to so many things. But, but look, the truth is, spiritually, we're all sick. Uh, even Christians, we're a work in progress. Uh, we don't need more junk food. We don't know, need more of what Satan is selling. We need more good spiritual food. We need more Jesus. And in America, where we have God's Word everywhere, we, we tend to eat more junk food spiritually. I think that's the same contrast as there. It's a crazy thing. People are starving for God's Word in other parts of the world. And yet, we have it. And we don't make good use of it. We need more Jesus. So what is it that we can learn from David in his life and how he he faced a broken world, whether it was sin in his life or the brokenness of the world around him. I think it is to worship, to, to look to, to focus on, to delight in God and the promise of the Messiah, to delight in Jesus, and not to be overcome and overwhelmed and focused and not to look to the world and to sin for our hope and our satisfaction, but to trust God. Father God, thank you for your word today. And as we live our lives in a broken world, even as we are sinners ourselves uh, and uh, we know you, please keep us close to you, Lord. Help us to be intentional and to go to your word uh, for strength and knowledge and understanding on how to live in a broken world. Please. Show us more of your glory, um, your beauty, your awesomeness, so that we might worship you today better than we did yesterday, Lord, and not be tricked by the salesman who comes to our door selling us trash that wants to lead us back into bondage, Father. Thank you for working on us, Lord, and assuring us that you will bring us through, that we will persevere, um, and for giving us this heart, Lord, the same kind of heart David had that lived his life in circles of repentance, always returning to you uh, with genuine worship because you are the greatest treasure in the universe. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.